Hello and welcome to Romance at a Glance. I am your host, Shawnee, and with me today on our very special episode is my co-host, Bridget. And Bridget, who do we have with us today? Guys, it's a very exciting day because we have Megan Lane from the Plot Trist podcast. And I'm very excited because we have been trying to get our shit together, get this timing going for like six months. And I'm super excited because they talk all about historicals and we're in our historical season. And it just felt like just the perfect pairing. So welcome to the podcast, you guys. Thanks. It's great to be here. Thank you guys so much for having us. Um, Shawnee, I am excited because as you may remember from last time, I love Tessa Dare. So when this book was on the list, I was like, ah! Yes, we love Tessa Dare. Uh, We read Tessa Dare last year, um, and that was really dope. And so this book, spoiler alert, I actually really love this book. Um, And so I'm excited to talk about it with you ladies today. So without further ado, I think we should just jump into this because I feel like I have a lot to say. And y'all look like you got some shit to say. So let's do this. Romance at a glance. Uh Romance at a glance. What you say now? at a glance. Go ahead, girl. All right, Bridget, we are talking When a Scot Ties the Knot. Yes. And this is by Tessa Dare. And the mm-hmm. audio is by uh, Carmen Rose. And I don't know, do you guys listen to the audio at all? Okay, so I'm the only audio listener here. So I like the audio. I thought Carmen Rose did it a perfect job. I don't really remember. So it was great. <laughs> Um, what Meg, what did you think about this cover? Uh, I think it's a very cute cover. I have to say when I picked this book, uh, I read it the, for the first time, probably about two years ago. And I picked it purely because of the cover and because of the title that was so cute. It was like one of my first Tessa dares ever. Yeah. How about you, Lane? I'd be lying if I said I had looked at the cover. <laughs> Most of my romance reading is ebook. And so I typically don't see the covers, especially after the first in the series. I know we talked about this on the episode we did with Shawnee, but I only read things in full order in the series. I won't skip ahead. (laughs) So if I see a cover, it's the first book in the series. By the time we get to the third book, I just Googled it right now when you mentioned it. And I want to know if that kilt is historically accurate, but I'm kind of okay (laughs) if it's not. Yeah. Yeah, because he has like the tart. So he's got the kilt on the kilt on the bottom. But he's like party on the top because he's only got yeah. the full bare chest, the rippling abs. He's also like completely waxed, which I'm like, obviously he would have manly hair. She describes it numerous times, but he's only got like one sort of strap cross strapped across his chest in between his bosoms, <laughs> as it were. And um, and she's kind of like pulling it a little. I liked it. I actually thought we just so the book we read yesterday. I thought the cover was completely not related to the book at all and this one i feel like i really just looking at it i'm like okay he's a scott got it she (laughs) is clearly like a little bit more sweet a little bit more innocent but like still like sort of like enamored with him like they're gazing directly in his eyes it gave me a feeling that this is going to be kind of a love match like like a very like you know, just like that passionate, but not like, not like a ooh, bodice ripping passion, more of like a sweet, sweet romance. And I feel like that's what I got. I was very pleased to be delivered what I thought I was going to be delivered. You know, you just messed me up here because I don't think I've given it one thought that not one romance novel cover have I ever seen where there was chest hair. Not one goddamn <laughs> novel. And now I feel cheated. And now I'm like, where's all the hair? <laughs> it's because they're male models. And as we know from Zoolander, male models take off all their hair. I see. They're like, <laughs> they're like swimmers. Like swimmers. 
They're like dolphins. <laughs> Sleek. <laughs> I'm like, also, I think it's I think it's because they're like shinier. Because when you rub like oil on, it's like the light reflects. It's kind of like wetting down a street at night when you're watching a movie. It's because it makes the lights look really pretty. <laughs> I think you have to go back. If you go back to like 80s romance mm. novel covers, like the zebra yeah. covers, mm-hmm. you won't be able to I'm, see I'm a- I just Googled romance novel cover chest hair. Uh-huh. And there really isn't any. <laughs> you like, look at the, the <laughs> look at the zebra covers, guys. I'm, I'm really loving that Lane and Meg are googling in real time because, as you just know, saying. typically what I do is I just ask the ether, i.e., you guys, to find this out for me, and I'm like, we'll find out when you tell us on Instagram next week, and I oh, don't I ever one. look shit up. I just found a thing. I found a thing. <laughs> it's not a romance novel cover, but I'm dead now, so I have to share it. Oh, she's sending us images. I'm loving this, guys. I found what? It's called Over the Fence by Carrie Aarons, and that guy's got chest hair. (laughs) (laughs) I found a book called Am I Ready for Chest Hair? For every homosexual, there comes a time when he must face one of the most important questions of his life. Am I no longer a twink? Will I get a husky belly and be forced to tap? I'm going to post this image to our Instagram so that everybody else can see this because... This is a great find. <laughs> I joke all the time that my education was just like a very expensive piece of wall art, but I do think I have a master's degree in Google. Like I can find anything. Yo, this is awesome. Oh my God. <laughs> Okay, well, before we get too far, let me hit you guys with the quick synopsis if you haven't read the book yet. Um, so basically, what happens is our heroine, Maddie is very shy to the point of like will freeze up has very very like severe social anxiety and so uh faced with her first season at 16 on a side note i was worried that she was going to be 16 when this book started and i was like oh i am not interested in reading about a 16 year old in a romance novel thankfully she just starts there for one page and then progresses to 25 um anyway so she invents a scottish captain who is she met on a seaside walk and they are now in love. And so that's why she can't go to the London season because she's desperately in love with him. And they write letters for an entire decade, basically or eight years. And she just invents all this shit about him. And one day she kills him off in her letters. And then a couple of years later, while she's in half mourning in Scotland, she uh, has a visitor and it turns out that this captain is a real live person and he shows up to marry her and that's kind of uh shows up with a couple of also of his comrades in arm who just came back from war and hey that's sort of where we uh start our story it's a good time first off i will say tessa dare really again writes such good like flowing dialogue and quips and like her books are just so entertaining and fun to read i don't know if you guys know this megan lane i don't know if we told you but i am like very new to historical romance like of the last 10 that we read on the podcast all 10 were the first 10 i had like basically ever read in my whole life um and now i understand the sort of joy of the genre but for me, Tessa Dare is like is a perfect sweet spot because I love quippy people. I love like the heart when the heartstrings are being tugged on alongside of the sexy times. Um, I think she, you know, she just writes the hell out of a book. I mean, I love Tessa Dare a ton, 
Megan, I've read almost everything she's ever written. Oh, yeah, there's... just about. Mm-hmm. An early series I don't think we've gotten to yet. And the only time I feel like I'm ever a little bit meh on anything in a Tessa Dare book is occasionally like an ending or a plot point will go completely <laughs> off the rails. We we talk about Tessa Dare's endings. Like a lot of times they'll just come out of left field and you're like, wait, what? I was not there is expecting a, There's that. a novella where uh, it's revealed that a B plot is that a woman has actually been straight up in love with a mouse the whole time. <laughs> Like she's been talking about her boyfriend. Everyone thinks she's in love and it turns out it is a rodent. (laughs) Yeah. And so like sometimes that's the only bad thing I ever have to say. And I usually end up loving her books anyway. It's like the difference between her five-star books and her four and a half-star books (laughs) for me. Sometimes they just get a little too kooky. And I love this one. I feel like that like I invented a fake Scottish boyfriend and oh shit, he's real as the setup for me is more fun than like a plot twist at the very end. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the one thing I really like about this book is that uh, the spin in the beginning is different. Like I've not read a book like you, you have like the fake fiance or that sort of thing, but having her write and commit like these letters for so long and then like go into mourning and do the whole thing and think she's gotten away with it all. And then this guy rolls up and he's like, Oh no, we're about to do this. This is happening. We about to, we about to get married. I'm about to take this castle. <laughs> oh, I'm back. I'm back from the dead. Like, from we're, dead. Going to, we're going to pound town and consummating this shit. <laughs> I definitely would have been shocked. I also love, so it, it's revealed later in the book that, she had written all these letters from him as well. So obviously she's sending all these letters. Mm -hmm. He's at war. He's not responding, but they get delivered to him because, you know, through a series of events, she basically just signs it to his name and puts a fake regiment. So sort of through like the military mail, they somehow end up with him and keep going to him, but he never writes her back. So she has to write letters from him to herself to convince her family that he's real and I just love the like depth of her she could have just literally mailed empty envelopes or like envelopes with like you know just like what I would have done which is just like nonsense 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 I'm just like drawing squiggly lines on a piece of paper and I'm mailing it to my fake you know fiance but she writes him like heart. She writes, it's like a diary. She's like basically journaling her life to him and sending drawings and sending all these things. So when he comes, I thought that was also wonderful because he's, he describes it later once he like, you know, she chips away at the outer, the outer, you know, hard outside to the squishy inside. She says something like, he says something like, you know, I've like, been lusting after you and like invested in you and feel like I'm a part of your life for like eight years or 10 years or whatever it's been. And I I just thought that was such a sweet thing that he's, he's like loved her from afar and she, you know, in a weird way, like gave him something she wouldn't have given anyone else, which is like the real her. Well, and I think building off of that, and I I don't read a lot of romance novels that aren't historical, so I don't know how common this is outside of Mm -hmm. that realm. But I think often in romance novels, when one person knows the other so much better, mm-hmm. like when it's, it's such an imbalance of knowledge, it's usually out of negligence on one person's mm-hmm. part or something that borders on stalking. So I thought this was a really cute way to set up that like imbalance in terms of their knowledge of one another that I like that in a way that you don't usually get to see. I was hoping that he that he was going to a little bit 
because uh, she she talks about how shy she is, um, like public gatherings and stuff like that. And she also mentions that in what, like one of the letters she's writing. And so I kind of thought that he was going to get her need for to not be like out in public, like quicker than he did. Um, I was like, you're the only one who actually knows how terrifying it is for her when she like how she panics or how she, you know, um, I thought I thought that he was a little more ignorant than I wanted him to be in that aspect of like knowing her. Um, but that was my only thing. There was very few things where I was like, come on, you come on. <laughs> Meg, what was your favorite part of like him discovering things about her? And specifically, like, her workroom and just, like, her life in illustration. Like, what, what was your favorite things about that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the lobsters <laughs> are just the best part, right? I mean, they're not the best part, but they're one of the they're best parts. They're the yeah. best part. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so, you know, she, she has these lobsters. Oh, what are their names? I can't remember their names. Rex anyway. and... I want to say like Lilith, but it's not that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she's got these, she's got some lobsters. And uh, so she's a scientific illustrator and someone has hired her. So she's on commission to, to illustrate lobsters mating, but they just don't know when it's going to happen. And so these lobsters have to be under observation at all times. So I, 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 it's really fun when he shows up and he's like, okay, this is my castle now. And then he discovers her, these lobsters in her workroom and what they're there for. I just, or I just when he, or when he really like fun. smashes the dead beetle and he's like all proud of himself. And he, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, I got it. And she's like, no, he's like, what do you mean? Girls love it when you smash bugs. Like that's. Yeah. <laughs> now, and she's like, first of all, it's already dead. And secondly, it was a rare specimen from the Amazon. And he's like, Oh, She's like, let me take you to my workroom. And it's like full of jars of dead things floating around and like bugs pinned up on everything. And he's like shuddering. And he's like, oh, this is disgusting. You're a weirdo. <laughs> I One thing I liked about her getting to know him was how she really did it. Like for the first, I don't know, couple, I don't know, maybe half the book, let's say. She was kind of like, she was definitely like in lust with him, but like trying not to let her heart get into it because she knew that she would get swept away in this like you know the fantasy that she had created all these years that he was real and that he really loved her and all this stuff and I love how every time he does something nice she's like you're holding a book no you can't be reading do not you know don't hold a baby I don't want to see you near babies (laughs) like I thought that was really sweet that every time he does something like that she doesn't like she's like oh thank god okay this makes it easier for me to dislike you and then he says something nice and she's like god damn it. I'm trying not to like you. I just thought it was like, a, like such a like innocently odd thing to try to do to just like, okay, I'm just going to try not to love you. This is going to be my goal. And you're just like failing miserably the whole time. But I think that's also a huge insight to her character, right? Like she has done everything she can to build up walls to the point that she has created a fake boyfriend so she never has to leave this, like, crumbling Scottish castle. Mm-hmm. I think it's incredibly believable that, like, even if she was really into yeah. it and it was a good thing, like, she is so scared of the world yeah. that she's threatened by the idea of a good time. Yeah. yeah. And you know uh, he'd deliver a good time. I mean, he did. He, oh. He did. I I really liked the sex scenes in this book. Like, I thought they were, like, 
So for like historical, sometimes you get very like not that steamy sex scenes. And then you have the people who go like really far and give you like the real steamy, steamy shit. This was like a really great balance of like what I felt was like realistic, fun, like hot sex. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I totally agree. Uh, one thing I really like about Tessa Dare is how consent focused she is too. So like Maddie's really into him and she's like, she's basically trying to convince herself, like, I want to have sex with this guy. Like, why not? It's going to be the only time in my life. I'll just do it. I won't fall in love with him, but we'll have sex. But then when it comes to it, she's like, I, I don't kind of don't think I want to. And he's like, okay, like, that's fine. Like, it's, it's hard, but that's cool. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I just, I think it's really nice. I really like how Tessa Dare does that. Yeah. And the fact that as soon as he says, we don't have to have sex, she's like, oh, okay. And then that like allows her to be comfortable to try all the other things. So like yes. he gets in her pants, just not in that full way, but he still like gets, they get to like take all those steps together because he's like, oh, I would never cross that line if you say no. And so she's like, oh, okay. Now I can relax. And like, you can, you know, teach me the wonders of. Which which I like with a virgin whenever, when there's a virgin and they just having sex and the first time they have sex, is so spectacular or whatever. I, I'm like, I don't buy it. But the fact that mm. like, Oh, they have all this foreplay leading up to it and all this tension. Then you actually buy that their for her first time can be a, like a really good experience. Not just like some mythical, yeah. like, Oh, my first but, time orgasm. <laughs> but even, even I totally agree. And even during their sex, when they actually had sex, he she has an orgasm before and he says oh it's better because it'll make it easier for you but she doesn't orgasm during which i think is so great because like you said like i mean are there any virgins who orgasm <laughs> just through penetration in their first time like that feels that feels that feels very very rare if if it happens i've never met her <laughs> I've never met a friend. I don't worry about that kind of realism in my room. I'm like, this is such a fantasy to begin with. Like, I, you want to give me a, vir- a virgin who gets off the first time? Sure. Like, I don't, that's not a nit I'm interested in picking just because she wrote letters and made up a fake boyfriend and he showed up and forced them to get married. Yeah. Like, that's fair. I, I, I left disbelief a long time that's ago. Fair. What did you think, Lane? Well, Lane, what did you think about the fact that he was faithful to her the whole time? Because <gasps> you needed to ask Meg that <laughs> okay, question. Totally yeah, right. I mean this this is our shit. This is like this is what we live for when we read romance novels. So yeah. Meg in particular, though, <laughs> the longer the pioneer, the closer to virgin you can get a guy, the more into him Meg is. The better it is. <laughs> so I I was just like, he probably just didn't encounter any, like any opportunities in eight years. Well, but he could he couldn't disillusion his men. Well, that's the thing too. It's like he had a reason. Oh, beautiful. That's he was also a sad tragic orphan. Sad oh, tragic yeah. orphan. Okay, that we don't have to get into that. Yeah, he was a sad tragic. You know what I like though that this book wasn't uh, sitting on a miscommunication or a lack of communication. Um, they had their the issues that they were encountering, but it didn't have to do with the fact that nobody was talking. And that made me happy. <laughs> I was just like, I get so frustrated when it's like, just talk to each other. Just like, mm. <laughs> this could 
I mean, I largely agree, but I think that's, I had a little disappointment in the ending. Yeah. Because I do think there was a little bit of misunderstanding that felt forced given everything they'd gone through up to that point. Uh, Which part? Just so our dear listeners know what you're on about. Do you guys spoil things? Oh yeah, we do. All the time. Okay. Okay. So I'm trying to think. So when I know what Megan and I talked about when we reviewed this book a couple of months ago was like they work through her lying to him and her social awkwardness and the class issues. There's this like the, the misunderstanding at the end about the, the brooch from another and, oh. woman that was actually from his mom. Mm-hmm. And like rather than actually talk about it, they freak out and don't talk. Mm-hmm. It. As a whole thing, he like he basically like lies to her and is like, "Yeah, I did love her," and but like he could have easily been like, "It was my mom." It was but my he, mom's. Yeah, but he yeah. led her to it's, believe it was a past sweetheart. Yeah, it's the whole it's the secret thing. It's secret secret lane <laughs> that this is Lane's pet peeve. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I agree. I I hate it when there's something a character knows the whole book and you're in that character's pov but they're clearly thinking around it just to keep the reader in the dark it's like oh my god he had a brooch from his mom just put that in the fucking book he's thinking like i'm in his head he would not like avoid thinking of his mother uh i agree would he because he left her left him cold on a hilltop and he does try to avoid thinking about his mother i'm just saying (laughs) devil's advocate over here I think he does. He, he avoids the pin on him. He avoids dreaming, but he's having nightmares and shivering. He needs consoling. He's yeah. a psychiatric orphan lane. He has emotional <laughs> problems. He's been at war for years. I, I mean, the whole Lane is- looks Lane looks like she's ready to come across and just shake me. <laughs> I just do this because I like to. <laughs> she, wants to shake, she wants to shake the sad tragic. Oh, I love this book. book. I think the entire the entire like line about his mom leaving him and him being that sad tragic orphan like to me it was useless information um in general for the book like I didn't need it to know why he's so loyal to his men or you know what I mean like I didn't need it to like for whatever it I don't I don't feel like it added a whole bunch to the story for me um it did though however uh lead to a line at the end of the book which I actually really liked um because there is like there's a certain amount of realism I like in stories. I know it's crazy, but my brain is a literal, it's like a literal little beast in here. Bridget gets on me all the time. Cause I'm like, why would you do that? Why would I, she's like, it's a fantasy Johnny. Um, but, but, uh, so he's talking to her at the end, like confessing her love. She's, she's leaving and, you know, um, and she comes back and he says, something to the point of like, I love you all these different ways. And then he says, I love you to the point of madness. I'm, but I'm just so rational enough to know that I want those things because I have difficulties with trust and it's my problem to overcome. And I was like, yes, it is. That's not a problem. Don't make it a problem. Okay. I like that. Look that growth. That's called growth. You know what I'm saying? That's called emotional intelligence. (laughs) (laughs) One thing, one thing I really liked speaking about growing is I like that. I'm not going to take this to a dirty place, although now I want to, but um, I liked that her letters are the thing that inspired him to better himself. 
I thought that that was such a good plot point because he could have just been a captain the whole time. That would have been such an easy thing to say, like, oh, he's just been a captain all along. But he starts as like a private or whatever the lowest rank is in the Scottish English army. And um, and then because she calls him captain and everyone starts mocking him and saying like, oh, you think you're a captain? He's like, why shouldn't I be? And then he works for the next four years to actually attain that rank through like his actual valor and hard work versus like being given it because he's commissioned because he's a Lord's kid or whatever. And I thought that that was like, what a sweet thing to because everyone needs someone to like believe in them or see something in them that they maybe can't see without an outside perspective. I know I've had people say that to me and I'm like, oh, I can't, I can do that. Like, oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I can do that. Like I, I could be that. Um, but without someone sort of like saying it to you, you maybe don't see it. I thought that was a lovely. And I think that might answer Shawnee's question in terms of why he had to be an orphan. Like be, <laughs> so, so that he could, he had something to look up to or someone to look up to. Yeah. Right. Like that there was no one in his corner prior to her letters. Like he was so alone prior to that moment. Sorry about Sebastian. (laughs) Guys, a cat, a cat just walked in front of her face. And at first I was like, is it a dog? Cause it's so close to the camera. (laughs) It like took up the whole view. (laughs) And then it started slinking away. And I was like, Oh, it's a cat. I I love, I love it. Oh, there it is. It's in the background now. Kids and cats, kids and cats, they'll fuck you every time. (laughs) All right, we're doing it today. (laughs) Oh, man. So, so in terms of like the sex of the book, like from one to 10, how hot did you think it was? How steamy was the book for you? Either one of you, Meg, Lady. I mean, Tessa Dare sort of hits my sweet spot usually where she doesn't shy away from sex, but. It's also not like porn without a plot. <laughs> so I, I like overall Tessa Dare sex scenes work for me. I thought, like Meg said, the consent driven nature of them here, especially was so adorable. I was like, I'm not going to say it was like the most memorable sex I've ever read in a romance novel, but like, I like Tessa Dare <laughs> sex. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I, one of the things I love about this one, so this is not, I'm not talking about like the act itself, but he has, he has to consummate this because they actually get hand tested. They don't get married. So he's got like this huge motivation to actually consummate their relationship. And it's with this extrinsic motivation that he still managed to be like, no, it's okay. If you're not cool with it, we're like, we won't go all the way. So I'm just, I really like this. I really like the sex in this book. I think it's really good. Specifically between the lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> That's really hot. We, we read a book during our, it was an alien season where they were pretty much like one of the guys was like a crustacean. He was pretty much, he yeah. pretty much was like this alien crustacean. Love, love strange. Like, yeah. And, Ask. and it was really, and when we first started reading it in the beginning, I, it was really hard to like get into because like all I could think about was a crab, like that he was a crab, and, <laughs> and I had to like throw that out. <laughs> I mean, I cannot stand Kafka, so I don't know how I would have gotten through that. I don't know. He was the sweetest, sweetest little beta cinnamon boy, though, in the whole planet, in the whole galaxy. He was just the sweetest. It's called Strange Love <laughs> by Anne Aguirre. If you guys want to read it, we reviewed it in our last, let's say, May-ish, if you're going back, maybe April. Um, 
great. It was five stars. <laughs> I love that book so much. It was like, so sweet usually alien romances are like hot and heavy like we are going to pound town all the time maybe there's multiple people maybe i'm seven feet tall with like crazy pheromones that are doing crazy things to you um it was literally like the sweetest most lovely romance yeah that we have read it it was like maybe the whole podcast like it was Yeah, it made you overlook overlook the fact that he was not humanoid. And you were like, but I still want them to be together. (laughs) I I need this answer. Did he have a penis? No, his his organs were internal. So his organs were internal. She would penetrate him. (laughs) And then he's. I had a hundred. He's an an inventor (laughs) and he invents a covering for his claws. Stop. Bridget is making the claw. Stop. Yeah, yeah. Stop, stop making the claws, Bridget. I'll never do it, and you know that, Shawnee. You guys, I seriously though, like the sex. First of all, I think they she did a really good job with the sex because she didn't make it. She, it was like very sweet because they both were in love, like yearning love, and then they had to figure out like biologically. Like what was okay and safe and like, and then also, guys, I'm gonna spoil this for you because you both have your hands over your eyes. Oh, Meg's yeah, fucking, Meg's fucking crying, which I'm loving. Do it, but do like, it. spoil it. The they don't have to have biological children that grow inside of a human or an alien because they're so advanced. They just take the DNA and then they cook up the baby for them and then they get to raise it. And I was like, thank God. We didn't need to have any weird sort of like, how is she going to grow a crustacean baby? Shouldn't have to. They grow it externally somewhere else. She picks it up at the supermarket. You know what I'm saying? Guys, Lane's face right now is so shocked. You guys have to. I really want you to read this book and then talk about it. Okay. I want to like, so good. I haven't read this book, but I'm already like, one of my big pet peeves is that happily ever after always has to involve a fucking yes, baby. Yes, the epilogue baby. <laughs> epilogue I'm babies. Like, I'm sorry. You have people who like genetically can't produce a child without science, but their happily ever after now just needs to involve the grocery store baby. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of the other people are like aliens are all like the, beings. they're they're all from different galaxies. So there's a lot of people beings, humanoid or non-humanoid that are created by putting different genetics together. So they talk about it the whole book. It's not just like a quick snap happily ever after epilogue. It's like part of the whole but how Got would it. she's kind of like, but how would we have a family? And he's like, oh, well, let me tell you how we do it in alien land. And she's like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I segue to that. <laughs> Guys, I'm serious. Like, I've blown your minds. I know I can see it on your face. You're like, how is this all happening? so much world building for something that involves oh, so much world building. Internal sex organs. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. my brain... <laughs> I'm, I'm with the lobsters. It's honestly, it's great. I blame Meg. (laughs) It was, it was all Lane. Lane was the one who brought up those lobsters. (laughs) I am, but they were actual lobsters. Shawnee, Shawnee took it to the crustacean man. Anyways, you guys, yeah, that was highly recommend five stars. Strange love. You will thank me. I will put a link in the description of this episode. I'll write it down. It's awesome. Um, 
let's go back to this book for a moment, shall we? Yeah. 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 Okay. So one of the things I liked about this book, and I think in general, I'm big fan of is groups of people. So whether they be like a group of soldiers or a group of wallflowers or a group of whatever, it doesn't matter what the group is, but I enjoy the scenes if they're written well, where they have that sort of camaraderie and going back to Meg, what you were saying about like, he could have been pressured into like, like having sex with her and consummating before she maybe was fully ready because of the external factors. Some of which was his men like betting on whether every day he comes down and he's grumpy and they're like, not today. And like the one day he finally has sex with her and he comes down and they all cheer because they can see that he had sex and stuff. And like, I think that that stuff is so, I always love that because I love my friends. I love when we sit together and like just shoot the shit and like tease each other about everything. Um, And I liked that uh, his friends could easily have been like another pack of like sort of alpha wolves who are like so testosterone, so dominant, so everything. And I liked that they all were almost kind of like the leftovers of his company. Everyone else got home, everyone else did the thing. And these were the ones that needed his help who like maybe lost a limb or had some brain damage or, or whatever. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I think all romance novels are served when their main characters aren't just husks that have been waiting for love to find their real identity. Yeah. I mean, she might be an antisocial, like, person who's been in hiding rather than make friends, but she has a career. Mm-hmm. She's respected. Yeah. She has, like, goals, even if they don't involve a London season. And he's got this company of guys he really takes care of. And I, th- I think both of them were more likable for the fact that they had Megan. I use the phrase rich exterior lives all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that the one guy who can't remember, he like keeps forgetting every day. And Ryan, we have like 50 first, 51st dates, but I love that every time he sees, like finds out that she's going to marry him or has already married him. He's like, Oh, what a lucky bastard. I love that. He just like, it's just like the most sweet thing. And that she like befriends him because she's like, he made me feel beautiful on my wedding day. And so now he's my favorite. And I'm just like, <laughs> so sweet. What a sweetheart. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was very sweet. I was a little bit bummed that, he, that they had that scene at the end where he like holds a knife to her neck and shit. And like, mm-hmm. they had to tuck him down. Uh, I know there was a little foreshadowing about it earlier in the book, but I was like, I was a little bummed about that scene. I was like, I didn't, I didn't really need that scene. I, it could have, played out where he didn't have a knife to her throat <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or something. No, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that was my only thing with him. But then how would Logan have been stabbed and <laughs> she would have stayed by his side. So now he trusts that she's going to stay there. Shawty. How else, unless he was inflicted with a mortal wound, he could have been like riding in the Glen and like fell off a fucking mountain or something like that. It didn't have to be. It could have been, been a lobster. It could have been a lobster. I just have to, Lobster incident. Are glens yeah. like the opposite of mountains? I, I think so. <laughs> in Are order they, to have a glen, <laughs> glen in between the mountain? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with Bridget. But, on like, she's ri- he's riding through the glen but into the mountain. Into where the he falls mountain. Off. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, then falls then, off. Then. Or there's, okay. or there's okay. a, he Super thinks it's plausible. flat, but there's a little drop off. Draws off. Yeah. The Highlands highlands are not flat like the Midwest. They are craggly. There are lots of things to fall off of. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A cold lock, perhaps. Oh, my God. Speaking of cold locks, his friend's advice that he should have, like, orchestrate so that she sees him naked. 
I thought was the best advice that anyone gave him in that whole thing. Well, the one guy had the most honest advice, which was like, she wants your soul. She wants it all. Like you have to like give her the darkest secrets of your heart and then she'll be happy. And I was like, true. But also you should stage your body. You should stage to be (laughs) swimming and then pretend you don't see her so she can stare at you for an extended period of time. And then he even says, walk out and put your hands in your hair so that the water's dripping down your muscles. And I was like, he understands me. But he then, knows me. That's what but, I want. But then the guy mentions the same thing I was thinking, which is if he walks out of a cold, cold lock, but naked, there's not going to be anything impressive <laughs> for her to latch on. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Because he is six feet tall with the rippling muscles but from a far a distance. He might be a grower, not a shower, man. Like... <laughs> That's what I know, but I'm saying like from a really far distance, even an impressive penis yeah. is not as big as the rippling quad muscles. You know what I'm saying? And the broad shoulders. That's what I would be affixed on first. And then he could warm up a bit to then, you know, maybe he sees me and now it's growing. I don't know. <laughs> Guys, I've swam. I've swam naked in a walk with two people in the middle of the night. I'm just saying you have to live your dreams, people. Worth it. Yeah. It was also very cold. I'm just glad we originally had a conversation about the realism of a virgin having an orgasm, and now we're just disregarding that a virgin would not know what an impressive <laughs> penis looked like. Also, <laughs> see, Shawnee, Lane just fixed your whole argument. She wouldn't know. She doesn't know. She would have theories, but she would not know. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. She's a scientist. So I have a feeling she's read some she's books. She's read some books. She's drawn. I think she knows what a penis yeah. is and what it does, but I'm just I don't I'm think she's doubting seen a that one. a man would get out and she'd be like, I'm disappointed no. or I'm impressed. Yeah, I don't think so. She'd just be like, I'm seeing yeah, a penis. I think so. <laughs> you're probably you're probably I correct. think she'd see the hairy chest, the water running down it. Mm-hmm. hmm I, I think she'd enjoy it. As like look. I saw a penis on the Metro yesterday morning. And let me tell you, I don't really remember what it looked like. I just had the moment of like, oh God, a penis. Why, oh why, do people do? That's just so rude. It just reminded me that there are a plethora array of different sizes and shapes. So I do agree with you in the fact that she hasn't seen a penis before and might just be like, you know what? What a specimen. Let me check. Let me get in close. Let me see what that's about. Can I draw it? Can I draw a picture for my journal? It's for it's for science. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of what she does when she gets ah uh, when he's injured and she undresses him and gives him the first little kisses on the peen. She like stops and she's like, "Can I draw you?" And he's like, yeah. "Whatever you want, <laughs> just whatever, whatever it is that you want." Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. I always think it's funny when in books they're like they like mention like she was unpracticed, but it didn't matter. And I'm like, well, obviously she was unpracticed. She's never given a blowjob before. She's never even seen a penis before. This is her first penis. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, but it didn't matter. And you're like, well, we all know it doesn't matter. Like <laughs> a blowjob is a, is a blow. Yes, there are skills. Sure. There are great blowjobs perhaps, but like a blowjob from someone that you want and you're like you've been waiting for is great regardless as long as you don't like <laughs> bite it off like that's that's a good time for all you know what i'm saying like it's i think that's an important reminder yeah listeners yes. <laughs> don't bite it off don't bite <laughs> i mean light what was it Lauren, don't pull a oh this is so mean because i know that like she was abused and all that but don't pull a bobbit yeah, what don't don't uh yeah. <laughs> don't cut it 
Yeah, Lorena Bobbitt was famous for chopping off her husband's dick and throwing it in the field. And then they found it and put it back on. Because and then he became a porn star. And then they re-put it back on. No way. Yeah. Guys, yeah. mind yeah. is now blown. I wouldn't. That was relatively local to DC. So I think we might be more aware of it than the rest of the I watched, oh, really? the, I didn't I watched know that. The, the documentary or whatever on Amazon Prime of, of her, yeah. her story. But I'm always just fascinated by the fact that it got thrown in a field. They found it, reattached it successfully. Reattached it. And then he became a porn star. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna lie if I was a porn staress I would not want a penis that had been thrown into a field and chopped off to be in my in my person that's just where I would draw the line on, I think if you a were a porn star s that wouldn't be the weirdest thing you were asked to do <laughs> Honestly, See, but like- I'm okay I'm okay with weird but the ick factor would be a bigger problem than like a weird request a couple episodes we were talking about how I did this whole evening with a, a gentleman who had a foot fetish because I was just intrigued by it don't have a foot fetish didn't care didn't do anything for me but I was happy to play along for the night I, his feet were not involved with me. My feet were involved with him, <laughs> to be clear. But so, like, I'm I I had like a particular anti foot. Yeah, he did not. He was very excited. But like, so like things like that wouldn't really bug me. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. All this shit. But like, someone was like, oh, this man's penis was cut off by his wife because he's a terrible human being, and then they reattached it, and now it's going inside you. I'd be like, you know what? For today, I'm gonna go home and I'm not gonna, do this. I'm gonna sit this I'm gonna, one out. I'm gonna sit this one out. <laughs> and no, thank you. This is, is the answer. No, thank you. That <laughs> sounds terrible. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my god. god, hilarious. Okay, anyway, let's go back right. to the fun, the fun stuff of life. Let's take a quick break, actually, yeah, like and then break. let's yeah. go back. <laughs> we derail. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's podcast always get to real always uh okay all right we are back and uh let's talk about our ratings so we rate uh our uh, heroines one to five peach booties our heroes one to five uh eggplants um so we'll start with meg because you're on the top of my screen here <laughs> okay uh, what would you rate our fair heroine I would give her, I would, I think I would give her four and a half peach booties. Nice. We don't do half stars. You have to choose between four and five. Oh, (laughs) well, we'll go four then because I'm just solid. (laughs) Lane is still still recovering from feet. This, that was rude. <laughs> you should give her a trigger warning. I know. I didn't warning. have a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> We've talked about crustaceans. She didn't enjoy that. We've talked about feet. She didn't enjoy that. Lane's never coming back to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm reeling, you guys. I'm reeling. Um, you know, I really liked Maddie, but I think. I this is awful because we shouldn't compare, but I just think I liked Logan a little more. <laughs> so I'm gonna give her four peach booties. And are you giving him five? So I can give Logan oh, five. Yes. I, I accept. I accept that. I accept that. <laughs> all right, Bridge. I, I all. 
I also thought she was a four. I thought that she had a lot of great qualities. I like that she was an artist and pursued it and had a career and was like doing things. I liked that she loved her aunt and like that they sort of cared for each other and, and, and were each other's like little best friends. Um, I like that when he showed up, like she didn't immediately lose herself in him like she still kind of was like, okay, but I can figure this out. Like, let me use my brain and try to at least try to find some solutions while also getting some orgasms that aren't consummation orgasms. Um, and so I liked her. I didn't think she was like my favorite of all time, five stars, but I really did like her. I thought four stars, solid, solid four stars. <laughs> I think it's going to be four stars all around because for all the reasons you guys said, and also in addition when uh, she decides when she's going to go off on her career to illustrate uh, for whatever that gentleman, um, mm-hmm. she decides like, no, that's actually not exactly what I wanted to do. This whole other thing is what I wanted to do. And I'm going to go do that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I respected the fact that like, like I didn't see that coming in the book that, you know, he's like, why are you back? And he's listing off the reasons that you would naturally think. And she's like, oh, no, no, I decided to do me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I really like that about her. I was like, I support that. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right. What'd you give Meg- Logan? So I'm going to give him four eggplants. I like him a lot. I really like Logan. I think he's wonderful. I do not love that he showed up to get revenge. Number one. I also don't like at the very end, his like turnaround. Oh, you mean but other than that, he was really his great. turnaround, meaning like he was going to let her go. And then like, he was like, no, I'll catch the boat like that turnaround. No, no, no. Sorry. Before that, they're like, they're fight. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was not into it. Yes. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I also am going to give him for, um, for that. And also just for like, I, I generally like my, uh, heroes to be a little bit more obsessed with the heroine in their <laughs> own mind. It's okay if they like are spouting some bullshit to her, but in when I'm in their POV, like I want them to be a little bit more like if they're five stars anyways, for me, a little bit more like I do love her, but I'm not quite like, but I'm afraid or whatever. I don't know what that just is like the first thing that came to mind, but I feel like even in his own mind, he was like, I'm not going to love her. And this is not what this is about. And I was like, ew, yes, it is. You big dummy. <laughs> she, you should love her. Um, and I felt like in his own mind, it took him too long to catch on to the fact that he was in love with her. So that's why he lost a star for me. I think I'm just like really obsessed with the idea of manifesting a man like that. Yes. Yes. Like it's less about yes. him and it's more that like, this single girl wrote these imaginary yeah. letters to this perfect guy. And then he just shows yeah. up and he knows how, uh, and he knows how sorry. to lay it down. Uh, I mean, I went mm-hmm. too late. I, I give, I give him a five because so I, I like that he came for revenge uh, in the beginning um, because that gave him like, I don't know, the energy he yeah. was coming with, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and I like that she says to him, like, hey, I was a young girl doing these things. We should you, we should just forget about it. And he's like, do you see these men that went to war with me who are fucked up in the head and they need a place that, yeah. I don't give a shit about whatever yeah. you misunderstand. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that line. I'm just like, he's like, yeah. he's like, yeah. We're getting married in three hours. Figure yeah. your shit out. <laughs> he's like, whatever this is you're doing here, yeah, it's not going to work out for you. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like that the, that the book starts with that energy from him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you get to see the, like, the cracking of the, you know, for back of a, lack of a better accusation, <laughs> you can see the cracking of him in this process. And, and uh, also, like, he was showing up, and I felt like there wasn't a lot of ego, um, you know, from him. There was maybe some ignorance, but it didn't feel like sometimes in a book when you want to reach through and then just choke them and shake them, like... Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't that. And so, and it was fun. This book was fucking hilarious. I so I was listening on the fastest speed possible because like reading a, we've been reading like a book a day, like just so happened. And so normally I'm reading that fast. The jokes might not hit as hard. And I was still cracking up laughing, you know, through the book. So, uh, so I gave him a five. I was, I was with you. I was like, okay, I can take a little love mm-hmm. in my life. You know what I'm saying? And it would be really nice if he does walk out of that lock. You know, and throw his hands through his hair. You know what I'm saying? A little glistening and shit. I'm, I'm down for it. You know, I like to swirl. <laughs> Did you um, guys... Uh, um, oh, Bridge, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I don't think we actually told you that we choose favorite lines, but I do have one. And it was, I thought, one of the most romantic and it made my heart like a flutter and hurt. Because they they had said this like numerous times where they would say like, remember when yada yada happened and they would go into this like little fantasy together of like what was going to happen as if it had already occurred and towards the end of the book she says to him remember the first night we made love she whispered sliding her arms around his waist it was bell time everyone was gathered on bonfire and we slipped away in secret i the word slipped out as a moan he could feel himself giving into the sweet warmth of her i remember and i was like oh my god is in love with her. And I am a sucker for a well-written zap line. So that was my favorite line. Even that episode was, 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 was uh cute because I like that whole future talking about a thing. So when she tells him that she's they're gonna have a baby, like mm-hmm. it took me a minute mm-hmm. to realize that's what they were doing though. I rewound it. I was like, wait, what happened? Is it nine years later? No, it's not nine years later. This just mm-hmm. happened. Okay. <laughs> Oh yeah. She's like, remember when we had a baby and he's like in nine months and she's like, more like six. And I was like, I feel like though, if you're having sex every day, which obviously they seem to be in this romance novel and I hope so, like, wouldn't he notice that in three or in, there were two missed weeks of time where there was no bleeding happening. I'm just saying whenever people are shocked that someone doesn't is pregnant and they're having sex all the time, I'm like, but there's no blood. And so there should have been blood. She's four months pregnant. That's minimally three blood times. And like, what, what do you mean? You, what do you mean? You're surprised. I don't, I don't buy it. He knew about the courses. He knew, I feel like he would have been like, yo, baby. (laughs) Is there a baby? (laughs) What's going on up in there? (laughs) Well, I don't know. There was like a TikTok. Meg's nodding along. Meg's Meg's on the same page. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of a different book where that where that happened. Mm-hmm. But he was like waiting for her to tell him, Aww. and then she finally tells him, and he's like, "It's one of the requirements of being a duke. I can count." Aww. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. So good though. So good. <laughs> it's a completely different book. But I was yeah. thinking about it because how can you not think about yeah. it? I can't Sorry. even like, I'm at, if my career is like a day late, I'm on, on it. But I was on like on TikTok and I, there was this trend where they were asking guys, where does a pad go? Like, and when I say an alarming amount of gentlemen had no clue how 
a pad worked. They just knew that you used it for your period, but they, they were like, you stick it to your vagina. <laughs> you <just> <laughs> and I was appalled. <laughs> I was like, what? So like the things I think are normal. Sometimes I'm like, well, you know what? Normal's not normal necessarily for everyone, especially if it's not your body or you're not dealing with it. And I don't know. He's fairly, I mean, he hasn't been with anyone for like eight years or whatnot. He's fairly young. So I could see him just being a little bit of a dope and like, do, 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 do. <laughs> I would, I would say, I would say yes, except for that when they have sex and then she's thinking about going on the voyage and he's like, well, when are you going to get your courses? And she's like in a day or two. And he's like, oh, well that's before the journey. So you'll know by then. So like, I agree with you oh, maybe true. normally, but he was hip to the, he was hip to the courses. <laughs> You're right. I remember that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I had a, um, I already told you my favorite line, so I will read my favorite review. This is from Uniquely Moi, and it says, sometimes a story will just tickle me from start to finish, and this was one of those stories. It's a unique, fun, easy, but not brainless tale that has me smiling start to finish. Of course, this is a Tessa Dare, and that means it's also captivating and passionate and truly heartfelt. And to sum it up, in a word, amazing. So that was my... That's, that's how I feel about it. I was like, this book's solid. It's a solid book. <laughs> What's how many stars would you give it, Shawnee? Is this I a love four this or book. five for you? I love this book. So I'm a, you know, I don't give fives out that often. <gasps> but I think I'm gonna do it because I I was happy to giggle along with this book and I'm gonna give it a five. Nice. How yeah. about you, Meg? Well, I mean, I don't know if it's fair, but I had to give it a four. This and this, we actually had a debate about this on our episode, <laughs> but yeah, I gave it a four. What was the, what was the, oh, go ahead. Go I ahead. gave it, I gave it a four on my personal Goodreads, but tried to give it a five on Potris. <laughs> but I didn't let her. <laughs> Meg didn't let me. I also, I also gave it a four because um, like Shani said, I thought this was like such a fun read. Like I skipped through the book. No problem. Um, I always, you know, again, love the quips. I thought it was heartfelt, gave me the squee moments I wanted. It gave me the ooh, ooh, ooh moments that I wanted. Um, but it wasn't like, it wasn't, it didn't have that extra sparkle that would give it a five for me. Like maybe a, well, Wallflower Wager, for instance, I thought was like, oh, five-star slam. I thought that book was great. Um, and this one just didn't quite have that sparkle for me. So, but still a great read. I mean, well worth it. For, for me. So I agree with you. Wallflower Wager for me was also five stars. <laughs> um, this one got four stars for me because I've, in my opinion, there's a tone shift at the end. I was loving the book. I was laughing. I thought it was so funny, so hilarious. And then there's this like all of a sudden weird angst backstory mm -hmm. for him, which that's what brought it down for me. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. I can see that. I can definitely yeah. see that. <laughs> I can definitely see that. Yeah, you, you took yeah. you took me out of the fun caper and brought me into the, the sad, the sad, cold, exactly. lonely boy on like, a hill. So much fun. <laughs> Yes. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's not what I was excited. I, I generally wonder when authors are writing, like, you know, if they're writing linearly, a lot of times when I have an idea for something, it is the final product of a thing. And then I work backwards and I'm like, there's been quite a few books that we're reading when it gets to that very last bit of book, it gets weird. And I'm always like, why you had like, you had this most amazing ride here. 
why this? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't, I wonder yeah. what happens in the brain just internally with anyone when they get to the end of the book and they're like, Oh my God, what, how do I end this? How do I finish this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I don't, I don't write books at this point. And so I'm pretty sure, I'm sure when we do start writing books, we'll figure that out. We'll figure out that crazy moment. <laughs> We're like, ah, crap. How do we get out of this like, cave? It's so sweet. Where do I even go from here? I yeah. also do feel like, yeah. to your point, Meg, where it's like, it's like one more thing. I feel like that for me is right. a thing that authors do a lot. It's like, you had me. This book is a great length. Like you got two more chapters. Let's just wrap it up. And they're like, one more conflict to go over. Yeah. Just one more, right. like 30 more pages as opposed to 10 more or 50 more pages as opposed yeah. to 20 more. And I feel like a lot of times that's like the, it's just, it's just one too many things, one too many plots. Like we could just yeah. finish it here and I'd be blissfully happy. And you just wanted to drive them apart one more time for me, which I, I, yeah. especially going back to what you said earlier, Shawnee, I hate it when the one more time, at least this one more time was like, had a little bit of meat to it, but I hate when the one more time is like, something so simple. Like you literally could have said 10 words and solved this entire higher plot thing. Like I did not sleep with that other person or I fell asleep and I did not have a phone charger or, you know, like, (laughs) Oh, my, my horse threw me and I had to walk back. And that's why I was late for this dinner that you wanted me to go to or whatever the like, you know, last tiny conflict is. I just feel like they, they're a lot of times the second someone says something honest, you're like, Oh, okay, great. You're like, oh, well, we already knew all that because we're in your mind. So this was an unnecessary waste of my time. <laughs> Get to the final sex scene, please. <laughs> yeah, That's where I want to finish this book. To your point, Lane, not with a baby. That's not where I want to finish it. I want to finish it with an orgasm. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. We can all agree all on that. All agree. I mean, I almost feel like <laughs> we can't say anything else. I just, just finished with an orgasm. I mean, yeah. like, what else are we going to say? Like, this is like, we did it. <laughs> uh, all right, then. Uh, this has been a great episode. I am yes, very excited that you guys have been on here uh, to giggle and cackle with us. Um, and yes. so tell, tell the folks where they can find you guys. We are mostly active on Instagram at Plotrists. So you can also find all of our reviews on Goodreads slash Plotrists. And of course, uh, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Awesome. Yes. They have a really amazing podcast. And of course, we will put uh, links to all of you guys' stuff um, in our show notes and posts. Uh, so it's been great having you, ladies. And uh, that's it. That's the end of our episode. And so until next time, may your books be your lover. And your best friend. Uh, bye for now, friends. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.